This episode of the Golf Gamble Podcast on the Sports Game Podcast Network is brought to you by Game Time. Your home for the lowest price tickets guaranteed. Download the Game Type game time app today and use promo code sgpn for twenty dollars off and we're also brought to you by underdog fantasy play underdogs pick them for a chance to win a hundred times your money promo code sgpn at underdogfantasy.com for a hundred percent deposit bonus and we're also brought to you by hall of fame bets the sports betting research platform for five latest player props and game lines down the hall of fame bets app or visit hofbets.com use code sgpn to get 50 percent off your first month and stop making smile that's today All right, DJs, welcome back. It's, uh, we're doing the Mexico Open preview. Everybody, oh, I can't hear it over everybody's excitement. Oh, oh, yes. Hello, Steve. How are you? You ready? Ready for this week, Nev? I am, but uh, I think we need to debrief after the uh, really thrilling Sunday we saw. Yeah, it, it, at least it was exciting back then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, this was. I I, I texted. I, I don't know if I texted you or I've, I I mentioned the Discord, but I this the season has lacked a lot of juice and. Yeah. Around hole eleven, when five got the all five guys were fourteen under with the names there, yeah, this yeah. was the first time I felt like legitimate tension and stakes, and I didn't have anything outright even sweating at that point. Everything was dead for me because uh, I, I had I had English up until he ejected on <laughs> twelve. Congratulations, sir! Yeah, he put it to he put it to native, and then uh, it said hit sixty feet still. Had 180 on his fourth shot, and I was like, "All right, goodbye, Harris, goodbye." <laughs> yeah, but I mean, this was especially because we talked about this in a little bit. Where two of the yeah. most magnetic stars didn't even make the weekend. One because he, uh, I guess, has the flu, despite the fact that he was limping around and complained of back spasms on uh, Thursday. And then the other guy, apparently, uh, because he signed the incorrect scorecard, people lost their mind about a rule that's been around for generations. Um, but yeah, I mean, listen. And then Justin Thomas didn't make the cut. So you yep. got three guys right there that pull ratings. That's tough scene, but it, it all were and it looked like Cantlay was going to run away with it after thirty six holes. But listen, Be- you got you know a lot of really good guys coming down on Sunday. They were all tied. It's Riviera, a great golf course, one that promotes a lot of drama in the back nine. And it was the first time I felt like you know there's some juice on the PGA Tour. Like this is exactly what I wanted and needed. And you know, I mean, it delivered, and congratulations to Hideki. There's one thing I know. Uh, death, taxes, don't give Hideki a five-shot deficit with nine holes to go because he's winning. <laughs> uh, you should have learned at the Sony, everybody. Never yeah, count him it's out. True. It's true. I love that. I, I, every time you remind me of that ticket, it warms my heart. But yeah. So speaking of flu, did you hear the caddy come out and uh, make an excuse for old fucking Patrick Cantlay saying that? Well, you know, Patty woke up with a hundred degree fever, and uh, you know he hasn't really been right. Well, hold hold out. Let's let's give Hideki his due first before before we start Fine. crapping on people. Okay. Fine. So I went back and listen. Hideki was not on my radar. No, I think if, if if I think if you liked Hideki this week, it was basically it's a lot of faith. Okay, his ball striking wasn't very good coming in. The big thing about handicapping this golf course was guys were ripping driver right. all over the place. It's about no. distance, distance, distance. This point. No. You've had, we have both mentioned this. Hideki has lost pop. He's not very good off the tee. He did, did, did do well off the tee at Pebble Beach because he's not using driver. Did I have the ball great at Phoenix? You know, it wasn't really on my radar. But that dude was absolute nails today. And I love Hideki. It was great to see vintage Hideki just flagging iron shots. The two shots he hit on 15 and 16 were oh my absolutely God. Unbelievable, unbelievable shots. 
Unbelievable. I dude, I thought he was gonna I thought he was gonna ace. I thought he was gonna ace. It was that fucking close. It was beautiful. Mm-hmm. No, I mean they're both it, it literally looked like the same shot. It was just right little right of the hole and just curled back in. Like, man, hit that that was nice to see because you know it, it sucks that he's had a lot of these neck injuries yeah. because you know he's been around for a while. Like he's been relevant for since 2013. That's when he broke through. And you know, and the fact that he's only got one major, it's kind of a crime with how good of a ball striker he is, obviously with the putting. That's such hit or miss, but you know, he was draining a bunch of putts today. He was nails with, you know, the putts under five feet, which are the ones he's really shaky yep. with. And I mean, you know, he was just hanging around, hanging around. He was, I think, uh, six back heading today. I, uh, somebody posted that he was 130 to one entering into the final round today. I saw, I saw a bunch of 200s. Yeah. So congratulations to the people who have 70 to one. You actually bad, got bad CLV uh, based <laughs> on where you could have got him. But no, no, if you took a chance on Hideki, congratulations. Yeah, on Makes sense. Masters guys do very well here. Hey, dude, that's been is kind of crazy. What's that? The correlation of who wins at the Masters and who wins here is nuts. It's fucking deep. Yeah. Dustin Johnson, Bubba Watson, Mike John Rahm. Yeah. Mike Weir. Yeah. I mean, and listen, the, the only thing that we got to be concerned about is that nine of the last 17 winners at Riviera have gone to live. So. They've been sniffing around trying to get their star Japanese player over there. Maybe, uh, you know, maybe I'm, I'm being facetious, but, you know, it's kind of a funny trend. The guys who tend to go on live actually win this way. But listen, that was awesome. I love seeing him just stop on everybody's throat, uh, especially two guys yep. that were in the mix that just kind of proved exactly who they were. Um, what you, do you want to actually give an apology to Will Zalatoris, though? Because you have been no. very critical of him over the last couple of weeks. Um, that was impressive. He's tra- he he's trading in the right direction, right? I, I still don't trust that Potter. I'm like watching him. I'm like I I had a hundred percent faith he was not going to win this fucking golf tournament. Like a hundred. Like I knew he wasn't going to win. Like, oh, I don't know. It's just, you had to been nervous I, at one point. I'm nervous. Well, I mean, no. I mean, I was rooting for a decade. I had no money on the line, so I wasn't nervous, right? So I guess that's the wrong way to put it. But like, as far as like, oh shit, I don't want Will Z to uh to win. Just for because I've been running my mouth about him, yeah, maybe a little bit, but I don't know. He, uh, I forget what hole it was, but as soon as he had to lay up out of that bunker with the lip, eh, I thought I thought he was toast at that point. Like I was like, okay, I don't have to worry about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but by the way, and we're going to talk about this golf course uh, coming up in a little bit, where hazards aren't really in the direct eye line of where guys are really going to hit it. The yeah. fifteen, though. Oh, yeah. God, that's that that made these guys so scared and intimidated. I mean, obviously, there was the big chat about hobbling going up 17. I don't think he ever did that at all. But right. guys, just because if you're in that bunker on right on the corner of the dog lies there, like you're dead, yeah, laying up. Dead. Yeah, it's it's a bogey at that point. And you just got saw guys just bailing out way left, and they're in a horrible spot in the rough. I noticed that they they grew up the rough a little longer yep. than what it usually was. They actually had a little tidbit. Maybe we can remember this. Or not. Maybe I'll make a note for next year that the signature events, they're actually growing up the rough a little thicker than what it usually is. Yep. So makes it a little play a little different. But yeah, I mean, there's so many. There were so many good holes at Riviera this week. You know, did you did you hear Rory? Did you one? Did you hear Rory with the headset? Uh, given the play-by-play, yeah, so, I mean that was supposed that was supposed to be Tiger in the spot today, but clearly he was sick. Well, either way, Roy did great. Uh, I was I, I thought Roy did awesome. Um, he said he said, "Oh, I've been there. He's not good from there." Like he's <laughs> like he was like uh, he wasn't pulling any punches. He's like, "Yeah, that, that was terrible." Well, like that was a really bad whatever. I liked him, but he also and I forgot this. I heard this some 
or previous to the week, maybe you said it when we weren't talking on the show um, about 10 uh, softening the edges a little bit to try to make it a little easier. It, it still puts these guys in a little bit of a mental pretzel. Like I, Luke List bogeyed the last two, uh, two rounds. Like I still really love that hole. I, I wonder if they're going to, you think that's the most changes they're going to do to it because they even, they made it a little easier this year. Well, I, I don't think necessarily they made it easier. What they did was they, there were so many unpinnable positions on 10 because of just yeah. how, how much the, you know, the, the sand caps over time, you know, blast on the bunker, uh, built it up over a bit. Well, there's yeah. just some r- certain ridges where if you're right or left of the green, like you just can't get to a pin position yeah. there. Uh, yeah. Basically the whole like middle section was pretty much unpinnable. So they ended up making a couple of pin positions where it was a little flatter there. I don't, I don't know if I would necessarily call it easier. I, I definitely saw guys really screw that hole up, especially That's if you, they have to think on that hole. Yeah. Well, what you can't do is miss right. That is the only thing you really can't do. If you miss yeah. left, you can at least get back to the uh, front apron there and try and two putt up. Yeah. But if you miss right, you're pretty much dead. Well, and then we saw that happen a lot uh, a this bunch. week. Yeah, because I mean, yeah, Rory the whole said thing he, was Rory said, you know, "Oh God, you can go ahead." That's right. I was just gonna say, Rory said that uh, he loves hole ten, whether he does well on it or not. Because it makes the golfers think it's not just hit it as far as you can and then figure it out from there. And I was like, oh, that's very interesting coming from Rory, who fucking crushes the ball. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the strategy now is kind of hit it as far as you can. Um, yep. Like, bef- you know, the only person who really lays up now is Justin Thomas, yeah. which that was a disaster. This he sucks. <laughs> that That was... I don't know if I'm more disappointed in my betting card with him or Kyle Morikawa. Um, but I think oh, at least Morikawa made a run today. Yeah, but so I I had I think irrationally high expectations. We'll get we'll get to, once we start crapping on people, we'll get to get to hmm. them. But uh, no, I thought I thought ten played great. Fifteen is a great hole. Um, Eighteen is obviously a classic. I just I love watching Riviera. I love watching these guys really just befuddled with how the green complexes are. Four was ridiculously tough. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of unfair in these conditions because Dude, two was had- two was playing hard. Well, that's supposed to play hard. I know, but, but like I feel like I feel like it was all I feel like all week. Like I, I feel like there was no easy easy pin on two on two because it was like everybody starting minus one, everyone back to even. <laughs> well, I mean that's like- that's a George Thomas principle. I mean it's always yeah. a it's a handshake opening hole. You saw it at LECC, a handshake yeah. opening hole, then a ball buster on number yeah. two. It's like I think DJ went birdie on the Friday and then he made triple on the second hole. Like that's just what George Thomas does. Like that's how he designs golf course. But four in these conditions. I would say probably a little unfair. The greens were a lot firmer than what I thought they were. And how you want to play yeah, that hole is you got to hit it towards because it's a Redan green. You got to hit the apron and let the ball funnel and trickle right back to the green, uh, right in the front, and it'll funnel back to the left there. If you're coming in with like a 240-yard chart straight ahead, you saw guys, they just run through the green. Or it's really far carry to, you know, over that front bunker there. You don't have a lot of room. Green slopes pretty hard from right to left. And in these conditions, that's why it was a 17% green regulation rate. So, I mean, that, maybe that's a, another green they might have to look at. But usually it's not a problem because, you know, the, the fairways are basically playing pretty soft. So, yeah. uh, but overall, though, I love Riviera. It was a great back nine. Uh, I love that uh, Hideki just kind of uh, put the, uh, the boots to everybody. Good to see him playing well again. 
Um, it was good, good to see it. Zalatoris playing well again. And it was good to confirm some things about a uh, couple guys in the final group uh, that we all really knew about them. And they just kind of confirmed our biases at the end. Fucking loses. Loses. Yeah. All right. Well, before we shit on people, you want to just give, want to pay a bill? Yeah, sure. All right. So listen, game time. Uh, you know, football is over, but still you got baseball coming up for spring training. You got NBA, NHL still going on. Uh, and uh, any other concert tickets. So listen, and buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for everything you love with killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hype for the fun that you will have. They got flash deals, easy to find tickets of every kind of event in your area. Plus they get images of seat view and the biggest thing, lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection, job loss protection. Etc. So it's the last, it's the, it's the place for last minute tickets. Forget planning months in advance. Get exclusive flash deals. A game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price if you find tickets in the same section and a row for less. Game time will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason. Uh, so buy your tickets in a matter of seconds. Tickets get directly sent to your phone so you don't have to dig through your email. So snag the tickets without the stress. Download the game time app and create an account. And you just go to SGPN. For 20 bucks off your first purchase, terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code SGPN for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute prices, last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And then underdog fantasy, football's over, but you can still play alongside all your favorite fantasy players, NBA, NHL, and college basketball and golf. Simply pick higher or lower on your favorite players' fantasy stats and cash in, and you can win 100 times your money with some spicy plays. So watch along, make your picks over at, and maybe make a little cash over on Underdog's mobile app or website, underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up with code GOLFSGPN, Underdog will double your first deposit up to 100 bucks. That's Underdog Fantasy, promo code GOLFSGPN, which apparently Matt let me know that Underdog is leaving Florida. Oh, no. Awful. I love Underdog. <laughs> Why? Because they legalize sports gambling there? I think there's some... So I read the... It was basically like a court debriefing, and I, re, I knew what it meant when I read it, and I could have told you three days ago, but today, nope. It's all gone. It's just basically they're getting squeezed for a bunch of money, uh, game of chance versus game of skill type shit, and they're just going to pull out. They don't want to pay the fees. Anymore. All right. Well, you know what? I mean, George is just a quick drive across the border for you. Maybe, uh, maybe you can go over there and uh, play for <sighs> at some point. George is, George is gross. It is gross. I know. You might have to change that opinion a little <laughs> bit, though. So all I right. lived in Georgia, bro. I, fucking, I, lived in, I lived in Georgia for fucking five years. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> all right. Let's talk about the uh, the butt buddies. Oh, the worst. Who's who's worse? It's, it's got to be Cantlay. Right? I was about to. I was about to ask you. It's got to be Cantlay. I'm. I'm going to take a five down. shot lead. Five right. shot lead on Friday. Fine. Excuse the Saturday round. Right. Going in, still has the lead going into Sunday. He makes what seven seven pars for his uh, on on Saturday's round. Opens up with <laughs> with however many pars again. Bogey's just a terrible round of fucking golf. Just oh, Cantley is just such a gutless fucking douche. Like uh, like he's he's just a gutless douche. And I'm gonna make sure I put a deadbolt on tonight. Make sure he doesn't sneak in and, and murder me and my family. Uh, to to put tick marks on his belt, but yeah, man, uh, uh, Xander. I guess I guess maybe I, this is what I expect from Xander. Like, oh, you're gonna make a nice run and then have a go- usually it's on Sunday. He made a nice run on Saturday and had a gauntlet Sunday. I think Cantlay should be fucking ashamed of himself with a fucking five shot lead 
going into the weekend to just get decimated. Like he did, we ended up coming in fourth, fifth. Okay, I'm gonna play devil's advocate and go with Xander on this one. All right, why? All right, so not a great front nine. No. Didn't really have it. But then when it looks like he was kind of out of it, birdie on ten, eagle on eleven. The luck yep. box Burt Eagle of the year, by the way. That oh, in yeah. the, from that bunker, you're not really getting up and down from there. Hit okay, the pin. New life though. Yep. Tied for the lead. He proceeds bogey. to go bogey on bogey, twelve, bogey, bogey on thirteen, <laughs> yep. bogey on fourteen. Stinky bogeys, by the way. Oh yeah, not like, even yeah. bad. Like bogeys. just not even unlucky stuff. Bad, horrible drives. Just nowhere off the planet. Just nowhere on the planet. Bad iron shots. Like he laid up into the rough on that well there. Oh, so bad. Ah, uh, but then as soon as he's officially out of it, clears yep. himself there. He birdies 15, birdies 17, hits a great approach shot on 18, misses the putt. Misses the putt. And that, he deserved to miss that putt too. Fuck him. He didn't. So, yeah. As soon as Xander has cleared contention at that point. Yeah. Then he decides, hey, you know what? Pressure's off. I'm going to start playing some good golf. I would, I would say, look, I mean, with Cantlay, I can at least say he hasn't been playing all that good this year. Like, the first two rounds were kind of an anomaly based on what he was doing. I understand that he's fairly gutless at a lot of times. It's probably why, like, at majors, I don't take him seriously unless he's yeah. out of contention and making a run. Who knows? And listen, I mean, Tiger apparently had the flu. Um, I'm going to guess maybe JT might have had the flu. Uh, Jordan Spieth apparently didn't, wasn't feeling all that great. So something was going around. Yeah. Maybe he was legit. Okay. But with Xander, though, it's just, it's just the same thing over and over with him. As soon as he gets in the mix, like he gets it, like, like it's finally, let's get this round going. Yeah. Waiting for him to grab it. And three straight stinky bogeys in a row. At least with Cantley, like he did not have it with the ball striking today. He was still kind of scrappy, at least trying to keep in it. Yeah. I, I, that, that was pretty gutless from Xander. And it just, it's pretty discouraging. And he's always going to look good in the ball striking stats. He's always going to look at the strokes game because his floor is so big. But man, like when the chips are down, oh, that, that dude showed exactly who he was today. Yeah. I mean, they both did, to be completely honest. It's, 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 like confirming everything that I think people think about these guys in a nutshell, yep. which I want to deny. I want these guys to win more. I want them to be better. And they just always seem like they poop down their pants. And that's just how it is. You know, it's funny. You know, what went through my brain today, like watching these two fucking assholes just do exactly what we think they were going to do. I was like, Oh, we have the president of the cup this year. These assholes are going to beat the bag out of whatever fucking team gets trotted out by the non-Euros. And they are going to fucking act like they are the fucking cock of the walk and that they're like the big dogs. And I am going, I like, I'm like, oh, I'm going to be triggered in about fucking seven months watching the fucking President's Cup. Like I was, I'm already getting irritated and I don't even know who's on the fucking team yet, but they're, they, they can go out and do that in that type of, with that type of competition. They shit themselves over in fucking Italy. They're going to beat the bag out of some subpar fucking international team. And they're going to act like they're killers and they're closers with your no hat and trying to fucking get people riled up. Can't lay, but 
And FedEx player of the year, still fucking salty about that. He shouldn't have won fucking, he shouldn't have won uh, when Rom had to get disqualified. Like, I don't, I don't know. It's a luck box, can't lay. Like, just luck box. I, I think it, this is a conversation for Gomez. I think you're selling this international team a little short. Do you know where the President's Cup is next year? It's in Australia, right? No, it's in Canada. The Canadians Ooh, are playing oh, that's right. right. Well, yeah, that's right. Because uh, they were talking about um, Connors, Svensson, Nick Taylor. Oh, yeah, Taylor. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. yeah. You got Hideki back here. You got the Koreans. I mean, some of them are playing okay. Sungjae kind of sucks right now. So does Siwoo. They might be okay. And I, listen, like, even with, and I pointed this out when I talked about this Ryder Cup team last year. When they go on the road, they melt. Doesn't matter who's on the it's international the, yeah. team. Yeah, like in Ooh, Korea, they barely won. In Australia, yet? they barely won. Like, I if I can get like a spread bet, I might end up hammering the internationals, depending on what I get for that. But let's go back to this one. So sorry. I know it's I, weird it's, I thought about that today, but yeah, but I mean, like, look, like I think the one thing too is like we kind of roll our eyes with Cantley having the flu at this point. I think yeah. just because like we heard all this bullshit about what happened at the Ryder Cup. And he denied it, but still, like, it was pretty much confirmed by a lot of people that there was some issue about not getting paid and that there yeah. was no money being exchanged there. And he, he just loses a lot of credibility at this point when, you know, like he has a really bad performance and he just blames it on something else. Like, I, I don't understand how we can really take him at face value based on some things he's, you know, he's been pretty two faced about some stuff. So yeah, I'm so, I'm so surprised a soft country club douchebag wants to blame a bad performance on somebody else. Like, there's no accountability with these guys it's just like it's just like that like one of the reasons why the nba is turned away it is in my opinion is like the aau culture like these kids are coddled from fucking eight years old on they're told yes their whole lives and nothing's ever their fault it's always somebody else's fault they got some fucking crazy sports parent fucking blaming the coach blaming all the other players and in golf it's the same shit except there's nobody else to players to blame so they play they want to come up with other shit i was Oh, the golf course wasn't set up correctly. Uh, yeah. Oh, I had a nagging hip injury. Oh, I had the sniffles. Like, no, Pat, no, Patrick, you're still the best. Don't worry. Daddy still loves you. You should have won this. Like, I don't know. I fucking, I don't, I don't like the whole mindset of it. It's irritating to me. Well, I mean, so there were people on Friday night asking, should they hedge on Calais? And this is what I told them. I said, look, <laughs> you got a top 10 player in the world who has a five stroke lead playing good at that point. Yeah, real good. With the next premium player, like an actual kind of legit threat, was like seven shots back at that point. Yep. You got to chalk it up to if Cantlay ends up blowing it, like it is what it is. Like you're hedging a 20 to one ticket at that point with guys like 25 to one, 18 yeah. to one. Yeah. You just, it like shit happens. And that's unfortunately the bad part about golf. Like this isn't like betting the Chiefs. This isn't like betting like, a, you know, an NBA game where they're up 30 in the second half, which is essentially basically what happened with Cantley. Like, that's like a 30 point lead. Like, you don't blow five shot leads when you're no. a premium player like that. And it just, it just shit happens. And it's unfortunate that those guys just, you know, had to endure the slow bleed. Uh, to me personally, if I'm going to lose, that was like, I'd rather slow. just have it quick. Yeah, painful that, death. That was that, a slow, painful death. Yeah. That was a 48 hour death march at that point. But, oh, dude. Yeah. Oh. I mean, Listen, at least they got a sweat. All my outrights were dead from the beginning. I was very high on Kawa Morikawa for a stupid reason. Apparently, here's here's what when I knew I was I should be concerned. 
So after I make a TikTok about Kyle Morikow, after I go to bat for him with uh, on our Tuesday betting show, I hear an unsubstantiated rumor, but it's basically confirmed that so Colin has been very hesitant to switch drivers. Does not like uh, the uh, QI10, whatever Taylor Made's putting out there. He wants to stay with the sim, mm. the sim, and right. he had apparently an armada of Taylor Made folks basically telling him, "Look, you have to play our new driver." So he had about 10 of those guys on the range trying to figure out a good combination for his new driver. And hey, lo and behold, dude couldn't find a fairway this week. Like, that's got to be so. So for me, that's got to be 100% mental. It is. How different is that driver compared to the Sim 2, especially when these guys are getting so close to the specifications and technology only gets better? It doesn't revert, right? So it's just got to be be a comfortability thing right just like the goober lost it with his putter because karen from accounting called in and said he can't have he can't have his grip looking like that and now it changed his game for like six months he couldn't putt anymore like it's got to be in between the ears it has to be like i just believe in this equipment too much to think that the slightest difference is going to make you so much worse off the tee well, I mean, it's it's not like it's they're not just going to dicks and grabbing something off the rack. No, like, I know all that's of it. Well, that's well, that's the point, though. Yeah, that's what all I'm of these things are customized. They could literally take like his Sim Max and just right. slap whatever brand logo is right. there, and they get almost the exact same. Like, right. I mean, Colin has kind of yeah. come out the last like I think ever since Full Swing happened, they have a prima donna. And he doesn't oh, like absolutely. change. He is very particular with certain stuff, and I guess he just got really hung up. On him just wanting to play this one driver. And I think they made him switch this week and he sucked. So, mea culpa on that one. That was pretty costly for me. Made a run today, but didn't matter. Lost money on it. Uh, JT was horrible. Terrible chalk. I don't know. And then uh, I'm I guess. I'm so mad that I played him in one and done because I was so scared after everybody was talking about him. So mad. Uh, it happens. I mean, what's probably going to end up happening now is like everyone's going to discount him at like Bay Hill or the players and like. Up doing well again. This is how this yeah, is how this course, shit it works. Yeah. Uh, and then yeah. lastly, uh, before we go to another ad break, uh, Tiger. I guess before the uh, quote unquote illness, how do you think he looked? Not good. Like I think, I think he's. A, so I, so I drive around a lot, driving my kids to different fucking places on the goddamn weekend. So I was listening to uh, PGA. Serious, or whatever the fuck it's called, and two of the older guys—I don't know who the fuck they are—we're talking about it, and they said it right. They want him to turn into what was the phrase they used? Not an exhibition golfer, but a—I can't. But whatever Jack became as he got older, and you know whatever. Uh, yeah, like whatever those guys turned into. Like where it was nice to see him play. They were never really in contention, but they were still like stewards of the game. And the fans just need to realize, hey, it's not, is Tiger going to win another fucking major? Let's just appreciate that he's out here playing and you get to see him. And I mean, like they said, he's 47 or whatever he is, but his medical, his, his medical card says he's fucking 74 based on all the problems he has. And yeah, look, I'm, I'm happy to see him play, but the the talks of him like winning and stuff like that like it just stinks just appreciate him for what he is and, and let him play a couple tournaments a year and, and cheer him on i mean it doesn't help that i mean look if you think the uh the color commentators on live pumping out a lot of propaganda about oh no shit, yeah. you sh- the shit that they are saying on pg tour live 
about Tiger and his oh, toughness and resiliency and how yeah, he still got it. Like yeah. just trying to will it to happen, keep, yeah, will it and keep yeah. the audience still kind of in this illusion that this guy can still be a top 10 golfer in the world. Yeah. When he's 48 years old, cannot use his lower body generate uh, any power at this point. He even admi admitted that in his press conference that everything with his golf swing is with his hands yep. and memorizing where his hands need to be. And that's not a good way to play golf where you have to time everything with your hands on the downswing right there. And he, I didn't think he looked particularly good. Uh, I, he had some moments yeah. on Thursday, some birdies, some pretty sloppy stuff. But one of the things I was concerned with is the fact that he can only use his upper body to generate speed at this point. Guy's got a history of back problems. That's going to catch up to him. And lo and behold, hey, he's got the back spasms on Thursday. Yep. So I don't know. I mean, he claimed he had an illness. He had an IV fine. I'll take him in his word for it. But I didn't think he looked all the that ambulance. Good. The ambulance is LeBron level drama. Like, all right, buddy, let's relax on the fucking ambulance having to take you somewhere. Like, I did like that people uh, thought that the In and Out Burger that he woofed down on Wednesday <laughs> was that that was that was good shtick. Can I can I can I can I tell you something that's probably not popular? Okay. In and Out Burger is unbelievably fucking overrated. All right. I've never had an Out Burger because I've never been to California. So, so they have it in Vegas. I've, so I, I eat it in Vegas. I've been to California. I didn't eat it there. I ate it in Vegas, and it's insanely fucking overrated. Like, well, I mean, there's a chance that like the In and Out franchise in Vegas probably isn't like really good. It's like how Pat's like, well, Pat's cheesesteaks is a bad example because they're not very good. Either, Maybe right? do they build? Well, like Pat's cheesesteaks, like they franchise out of Atlantic City, and they're not very good. So they'd probably be like that pizzeria up in my neck of the neighborhood that moved about like, yeah. 10 miles from your place. That's yeah. probably not going to be very good either. I could probably go down there and be like, yeah, this is definitely not the Salvatore's I know up here. So it, it happens sometimes. I, Maybe. I had but, Del Taco in California. That was pretty good. I had, we had a like, Del Taco up here when I was like six years old and they closed. Yeah. It's fucking nobody in the Northeast is like, fucking what? No, I'm not eating that. <laughs> no. So, I mean, all right. I, I think we've talked enough about Riviera. Uh, Entertain tournament. I'm glad we finally got like a, a really good tournament early in the schedule. Hopefully the ratings were good because this was a really good back nine. Unfortunately, uh, after that thrilling finish, uh, the PG tour is going to kick themselves in the dick. And Mexico. really <laughs> shitty tournament in Mexico that we will talk about uh, right after uh, the next ad break. Yep, absolutely. So uh, Hall of Fame bets, you got to win bigger by betting smarter this NBA season with Hall of Fame bets, a sports betting analytics platform for pilots, player props, and game lines. Research every NBA and soccer bet with historical stats and data. Enter any Pally idea into the Hall of Fame bets, revolutionary Pally optimizer tool to get hit rates broken down by leg, as well as an expected probability for the entire Pally. Sort all players by hit rate for any bet to learn which players are hot, which ones got value. Stop betting in the dark and join over 30,000 researchers or users researching with Hall of Fame bets to craft more intelligent data driven Pally's. Download the Hall of Fame bets app or visit. HOFBets.com and use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month today. Start researching, start winning with Hall of Fame bets. And uh, don't forget, if you guys listen to the audio version, go over to YouTube uh, so you can see Steve's sexy face talk about grass um, and uh, see how excited he gets. You guys don't get it on the audio version. He gets all blushy and uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty nice when he talks about certain agronomy. So go over there and, and give, us, uh, give us some YouTube love. Well, I mean, the, the good thing about these previews is the fact that it's now a video component. I'm actually showing you. So just talking about because like just talking about data golf and what's on there, it's hard yeah. to get a good idea. The fact that I now can kind of show you guys what I'm talking about 
And it actually helps me. I don't have to prepare quite as much. I don't have to yeah. memorize all this shit. I can just say, hey, look at this graph right here. Like, see this right here? And kind of like talk it through like I'm doing a presentation. But all right. So we got the Mexico Open, oh, which actually has a lot of history behind it. Like, it's, it hasn't been a PGA Tour event, but I think it's been around since like, it's like one of, I think, the oldest golf tournaments in the world. And really? You, yeah. Like, I, I, like, you have guys like, like Lee Trevino has won it a couple times. I think I Jack, Trevino. I think Jack Nicholas played a bunch of times. Like it, it was like one of those international events that a lot of these guys back in the fifties and sixties used to play. And then it became, you know, like it, it's a national open, but it's really mostly for like the Mexican tour, or whatever golf tour they got going down here. But they ended up bringing it back for the PGA Tour, and you know, it's it's good. Like I, I think this is maybe maybe this is an unpopular take, but. In whatever new, hopefully elevated golf tour we end up getting sometime, which now seems very far away based on comments about how, you know, bring back the lit players, which maybe we'll talk about when we get to Jetta. Yeah. Um, I think like tournaments like the Mexico Open should be in the rotation. I think like whatever tournaments they have there should be like national opens. It should yeah. mean. Thing, stuff with history behind it Agreed. and it's better than having like the john deere or the rocket mortgage no offense to those tournaments but like was john deere can take offense that tournament blows kind of does <laughs> but having like the mexico open or just anything that was like historical significance canadian open like all those things should be in this and that like i i think they need to choose a better venue than this place but i think the, i like the idea of having this type of tournament still exists and still be around. Unfortunately, yeah. they, this is just an afterthought. I think the PG tour is trying to, you know, accomplish a couple of things. One, they want to have a presence in Mexico. They had one for the WGC Mexico, which was a very entertaining tournament, not a great golf course, but entertaining, but you know, yep. the WGC's died. They have obviously, uh, the, uh, tournament formula known as my COVID. And that is over at El Cardinal. Um, that's in the fall, but, they're still trying to have a presence in Mexico to, I guess, grow the game. But with how they structure their schedule, you know, I mean, we just went through a very jam-packed schedule of a lot of really good events. There has to be a breather. And unfortunately, tournaments like this are just going to get shaft. And this one gets the shaft. So let's go through the field. I'm not going to go through everybody. Let's say I'm going to do an exercise. Okay. You tell me yay or nay about, I'm going to try and guess who's on PG Tour Live this week. Oh, okay. I'll have it. it. And that, that's another thing, too, that drives me nuts. They're going to have shot link at this thing. When oh, all the oh, other yeah. international events in the fall, they don't have it. They have that stupid little bug that they wear on their belt. Well, it's, it's because it's because Ram has been there and pumping this place. And they knew that it would get, you know, but now Ram's gone and they still have all the equipment down there. So they got like, ah, fuck it. We'll just keep it down there. It's fine. Monahan doesn't care. He's just going to fail up again. It doesn't matter what he does. So he doesn't true. really give a fuck. All right. I am going to bet that uh, Cam Champ minus 1,000 will be on PG Tour. Oh, absolutely. He will absolutely be there. Uh, I Obviously, Tony Finau. Yes. Be part of uh, feature groups. Is Ryan Fox a big enough name for PG Tour Live? He no, he's be. just with us. He's just, he's, he's a fucking, he's a golf Twitter nerd. I mean, I think he's, I think he should be. But he probably won't listen. Be. I think he should be. That's that's not the point. I, I think that they won't have him on because they don't care about the the European tour at all. Okay. How about Doug Gim? Just had a good Phoenix Open, kind of a name. 
It would make sense because he's a terrible fit for this golf course. So, yeah, they'll probably put him on. <laughs> okay. All right. Here's one that they will put on. Emiliano Grillo. He'll be Oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah. Latin yeah. or, well, South American guy. So, they want to, you know, shoot one of the Spanish people in there. Yeah. Um, you know, good name player. It'll be paired up with uh, Nico, the guy who won uh, the Puerto Rican. Okay. Um, Podrick Harrington. Feature groups. Maybe I they like that. to put the old so, guys maybe. with some name power in there. True. Okay. Oh, EVR. EVR. Uh, well, that's down the list. Hold on. Charlie Hoffman. He will be in feature groups. Yep. Yep. Um, somehow Nikolai Hoygaard is not going to be in feature groups and it's going to cause everybody. To no, no shot. No chance. No shot. He should be, but no he shot. won't be. It's like how Ludwig wasn't in feature groups at uh, the Worldwide Technologies. The dumbest. <laughs> Fucking ridiculous. The PGA, the PGA just makes me so upset. <laughs> I couldn't believe that the only time the first on Thursday, Friday, I saw one of the best young players in the world who's on a goddamn Ryder Cup team when like six months before he was in college. I, I only saw him make like short putts yep. on Thursday and Friday. Unbelievable that happened. But yeah, Hoygaard's gonna get that treatment. Uh let's see. I'm going to guess that Cage Lee feature groups. Nah, it's not TPC. Nah. Maverick Green Daily. He'll be in future groups. Yeah, he'll be in future yeah. groups. Even he probably will be. Uh, same thing with probably uh, Brant Snedeker because he carries. Oh, yeah, right? dude. Why is he? In, he's like in every featured group. Why? Because he's got. Him. It's like him and Zach Johnson. People recognize the name at that point. He'll be in Ugh. feature groups. Uh, I'm going to guess probably. Who else? JJ Spawn is probably in feature. Oh well, yeah, I can see Spawn in there. Yeah, because he was in, he wasn't that he was in feature groups over Ludwig at uh the, the El Cardinal for whatever reason. No. Johnny Vegas feature groups. Oh yeah, good call. I'm probably right. gonna bet him this week. <laughs> uh, and then probably all right, EVR feature groups. Yeah, because they like his fucking mustache. Okay, and his stupid pants. So that was a struggle to get through feature groups. I hope you guys understand right now. This is a very tough field. It, this is this is fall level field quality, Bad. and I I think Zalatoris was in the field. He withdrew because he had second place finish today, so he doesn't need to be in this field anymore. But no. this this is a tough scene, and this probably means maybe there's too many tournaments on the BJ Tour. Maybe we need to build in some bye weeks and off weeks. Yeah, yeah, maybe chop it up. Maybe give us a break. But hey, listen, it's gambling. You can gamble on it. Um, we'll so what do you think Vinal's going to open at? So Ram, open at 40. Oh, he, they've already, I, I've already seen his opening odds. Six? Plus 650. No, I was close. All right. Yeah, I bet Hoyer's going to be like 12 to 1. It's disgusting, yeah. but I might bet it. I'm betting. I'm betting. I'm betting Tony. I'm, I'm going to bet Tony. It. So we don't need to do a like, betting show. You're just going to bet Tony. No, no, no. Like I'll bet two other guys that are like deep on down the odds boards because why not? Okay. And I'll do positionals and matchups and shit. All right. All right. Let's um let's actually show this golf course and try and attempt to, you know, give its proper due. I don't mind the golf course. I I'm not a big snob as you are. So this is the uh, golf course. This is the beautiful Vedanta Vallarta. Uh it is essentially just a giant farm. At this point, you know, you got, <laughs> it does, you got it the marijuana like, it plants. Like the you got the marijuana plants over here. You got the coca plants over here. You know, you got the uh, blind tee shot par four right here through the forest. No, I'm kidding. This is when you go to Google Earth. Basically, the most, uh, I guess, most recent 3D re- rendering or um, yeah. rendering of this place. 
You can see what it was before it was a golf course. Essentially just a giant farm. And we talked about last week how this, you know, with Riviera, this is a canyon. But, you know, George Thomas is a genius. He used all the slopes, whatever slopes they had to basically build uh, the golf course. And they turned this farm into this. Just pretty good. Pretty it's good. pretty good. Why is it pretty good? Look, look what they it's just did with that land. You got to appreciate that. I mean, it's a lot of water, but you notice that there was no water hazards over no here, water. over no, no here, shot. over here. Yeah. Okay. All right. So this is Vedanta Vallarta. This is a Greg Norman design. This opened, I think, in 2016. It's funny that the, yeah. these guys are still going to Greg Norman's considering he is a it is hilarious, enemy at this point. I am going to guess that by this time next year, the Mexico Open is going to be a Tigers course at El Cardinal, is my mm -hmm. opinion. Okay. Um, I don't think I think they're probably going to be looking to cut off any ties to Greg Norman going forward. But uh, this is a what's that? Unless we're merged by then. Okay, uh, well, <laughs> I don't know. If it, it's becoming bleaker and bleaker as the days go on. I but, know, man. I'm still trying to hold out hope. I know. I know. All right. Well, with this golf course, so open in 2016, I think there's actually not a lot of information online about this golf course. Really, the only thing I could find as far as like what people think about it is just golf course reviews on Golf Pass, or there's, you know, you can translate their website, but not really a whole lot to go upon with the history. Um, so this is a par 71 golf course. It actually, for resort guests, is a par 73. There are, for the guests, there are six par fives and five par threes on the golf course. And I think on one stretch in the back nine, it goes par five, par three, par five, par four, par five, par three, par five. Yep. Greg Norman just loves his par fives, apparently. apparently. Uh, but for this tournament, the fourth hole, right, where is it, here? So I showed it as 520. When I first charted out, I assumed it was just going to be what it was. This is going to play a long par four. And number 16, which actually is kind of a tough hole, this is going to play as a long That's, par four as well. Which is the one that uh, Champ fucking ejected on where he went into the bunker? That was a fun hole. Was that 16 or was that 15? I don't know. I So the thing is with this, I don't have a lot of memories of this tournament because every time it's a final round, I'm usually driving back from the Outer Banks. And I usually have a screaming. Oh, that's true. That's that that is. So year, this is yeah. actually... So this is actually going to be the first time I'm going to watch a lot of this this year. And yeah. by, by the way, I just cracked on the PJ Tour schedule. Thank you for scheduling the Zurich the week I'm in the Outer Banks. So I don't Not have to worry about that stupid fucking tournament at all. It's just yep. our bye week at that point. I can go on vacation, enjoy the NFL draft, enjoy how the Giants are going to make me miserable. Uh, and we'll just go from there. But uh, so while we get to, I guess, to the closing stretch, I honestly, the first seven holes, now a lot to write home about. We talked about how, like with 15 earlier, that you know they did a really good job putting hazards in your eye line where you're supposed to be hitting it. Couple times with this golf course, like where the hazards are, you're not really aiming for it. Like for example, the opening hole right here. So big dog leg right around the lake here, yeah. but because it's so wide. You really can just aim for this bunker right over here and not even really worry about the lake. Like, no one's really hitting it in here. Like unless you hit a must giant be, banana slice. Must be nice. Because I yeah. see water in my, my brain. Oof. Right. I mean, guys aren't really hitting the water. They're sending in a you know nice little wedge shot here. Or 
Uh, what's another hole? Hole number three right over here. So you got water down the left, but these guys are so long. They just cut the corner, just hit it yeah. just dead straight through the dog yeah. leg. It's not really relevant there. Um, the next hole, the par five, six hole right here. Like you got water all the way over here, but there's absolutely no reason to ever try and drive it down the left. Just hit it dead. Just aim right to the right here. Just yeah. take it all out of play. Like there's no bunkers. Just blast it everywhere. From hole seven to ten, that's where like the first start like adversity. I I when charting this golf course, there's the first six holes are pretty easy. Yeah. The first seven holes are pretty easy. Then there's a tough spot in the middle. Then it gets kind of easy. And then the closing stretch, actually, to its credit, is kind of tough. So starting with, you know, from 7 to 10 here, you got a drivable par 4 here, 297. You got water to the, to the left over here. So, you know, I mean, eagle hole, birdie hole, that can be, you know, provide some fireworks. Uh, number 8 here, this is actually a tough driving hole. So you have out of bounds all the way to the left here. You got a bunker, it's 322. You have water all the way to the right. This is actually a tough driving hole. And you got water right next to the to the to the um green over here. Yeah. Like this yeah. reminds me a lot of like a hole at like PJ National. Yeah, yeah I can see that. Yeah, it's it's at some Florida golf. And then again, you know, you got a peninsula green surrounded by water, ninth hole here, and then 10, the very next hole, again, another really tough driving hole. Kind of yeah. a narrow fairway, a waste bunker here, water to the right, can't really I mean, you could blast it way left, but you know, you got some, you go a little too far. There's out of bounds over here. So tough driving holes. Yep. Then you get a little bit of a break, you know, the 11th. It takes a huge miss hit to get in this water here. Yeah, you can't. I, I don't feel like, I feel like you have to like hit it fat to get in the water. Ba basically. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's only hard for us. Let's yeah, zoom exactly. all the way then to the 16th. This is where things can get really interesting towards the end of the round. So long par four, you play 505. You have out of bounds of the river over here. You got a ton of bunkers over the left. Again, is there bunkers in front of the green on this one? Uh, yeah, there's bunkers right here. By the way, I think like a hurricane rolled through in the last satellite imagery because all this is flooded. So, oh, fun. Fun. so hopefully they fix these bunkers. Yeah. Uh, in time. When, when was this taken? Uh, October 2023. So yeah, that's prime like. Mexico hurricane oh, yeah, yeah. season rolling through there. Yeah, this is I, I'm 99% sure this is the whole fucking cam champ ejected when I had him at whatever it fucking was and he lost the fucking it probably was. But then 17, you got a long par three over yeah. water. You got to hit a draw like and draws like with these guys. We saw a little bit this week with uh, the fourth hole. It, these guys hit a right to left shot. They can't really control it. Nope. And you can definitely overcook it like into the water here. Like this is a tough hole. And then 18. Par five. You should birdie it, but you got a big bunk over here. There's also some uh mounts yeah. that I think uh Drum hit it into when he won. Yeah, but he recovered. He did. I know because you you hit the outright that week. I did. But you also got out of bounds over here. Yep. So while it's a birdie hole, you know, there's Danger. ways you guys can get in trouble. Yeah. So it's not all that bad, this golf course. I don't think it's particularly interesting, the strategy, which we'll get to in a little bit. I don't think the routing is all that interesting. But listen, it's got a tough stretch in the middle. I think the finish can definitely Good. swing some tournaments. It's 
there's worse ones on the PGA Tour. Yeah, my complaint isn't the golf course here. My complaint is the fucking field strength every goddamn year. <laughs> it's never the golf course. Like the field strength is what is fucking gross. It is. It it really is. But listen, I mean, they, I, I, they're coming here, I guess, to grow the game in Mexico. It's Puerto Vallarta. It's essentially a free vacation to anyone who wants to, you know, take their families. Yep. You know, they're going there in February, February break. That's coming you know that's only week. a thing up north, right? February break? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. So like I, when I moved when I moved down here and I, my kids were in school when they first got to go to school, I was like, when's February vacation? They were like, what? It's like February vacation. They're like, what are you talking about? I was like, you know, right. the week off we have in February. <laughs> They're like, so yeah, we don't we don't have that. So do I have to find out who's from like the north and is bringing their kids this week? Because they're going to be oh, that's a fucking that's a good that's a good hedge, absolutely. Uh, all right, so we're, I'm going to have to dig into where these guys went to college, where they went to school. If the are these kids guys kids are in school here? I mean, most of these guys are from like Scottsdale and like Alabama and Florida. That's true. Probably not. Yeah, it was funny. so like Disney. Like we'd go to Disney around this time just because February is typically slow, but it was literally nothing but like mass holes and fucking people from New York. My wife yep. was like, how come everybody here is from Massachusetts? I was like, February vacation. And it, like even Pennsylvania didn't have it. It's literally New England and New York and maybe Jersey. That's it. Okay. All right. So let's get rid of the course because not really a whole lot else to say. Hey, this is uh nice clubhouse. This is Riviera, actually. No, this mm-hmm. is uh is it really? Yeah, this is Riviera right here. Funny. All right. Well, let's go into this. All right. So let's talk about the weather first. There's not really a whole lot to talk about. It's gonna be no wind. It's gonna be really hot. Every single day. I'm going to have to look and see if they got a lot of rain, but look at this forecast, though. A lot of sunshine. Might play a little firm. Yeah. But the thing is, though, is this is a pass bottom golf course, wall to wall pass bottom. That is a golf course that plays very slow. Yep. Sticky, sticky. So even if it's playing firm, I mean, the ball might run out a little bit, but the whole point of pass bottom, why it's really good for resort courses is because it's like Velcro. The ball sticks essentially, or not sticks, but like it doesn't go very far if it hit the ground. It's yeah. You know, and for resort guests, they have trouble hitting greens. There's a lot of shave down areas, so you can putt, you know, from off the green. It's making sure the ball doesn't go too far. Uh, it also makes it very easy to chip off of, which is a prevailing theme here. We'll get to in a little bit. We go through golf course stats, but uh, the ball sits up really nice on pass palm, almost like it's on a tee. It's a really good grass to hit on if you're going to resort but these guys also just you know just hit really good off it some guys don't like to pass ball because it's a little weird for them they want it down like it uh brooks doesn't like kikuyu oh that's what it is but it's but that sits up a little bit too like like you know a guy like that's more of like a picker or sweeper uh this is more of a uh, grass for them because the ball sits up a little bit guys like hitting it down on the ball hate this they might have a little trouble because it might get a little spinny on them but that's really high level. That point, you can't really, you know, Quantify can't really that. handicap based on that. Yeah. I, I don't even know that. All right, let's talk about past results because this kind of explains what types of golfers you want to uh, go for. So last year, Tony Finau went off at uh, plus seven seven seventy five, which basically composite average of a couple of books. Uh, he beat John Rahm, who went off at uh, about plus two fifty. Gross. Uh, they crushed the field. Finau was twenty four under. Rahm was twenty one under. They beat Brandon Wu. Akshay Batio, I'm surprised he's not in the field. Uh, this is a perfect honeymoon destination for him where he should do well. Pass Palom, too. Maybe he's fat and happy on the PG Tour now. Uh, yeah, the aforementioned Emilio Agrio fifth. Eric Cole, who plays every event, apparently too good for this event now. Uh, he was good here last year. Camp Champ, who's very good here. Joseph Bramlett. 
Bo Hostler, Patrick Rogers. Rogers is interesting. What do you think? Oh, Rogers is going to. Did you see Rogers' number yet? I'm not. I'm going to guess he's probably going to be mid 20s. Probably. 30, I think I like that. That's okay. Well, he fits a lot of what you're looking for. Yeah. So why don't we just go to, uh, why breeze through the course table? Hey, listen, like, I, well, let me go to Lat in 2022. Again, it's a lot of bombers on that top 10 there. Yep. Kind of a similar theme back in 2022. Rob beats Fino this time. Fino was 20 to 1 that week. He must have been really slumping headed there. Kirk Tediyama, yeah. big I, bomber. I, I he was Brandon Wu, Davis Riley, bomber. Alex Smalley can hit it out of far away. Cam Champ, Patrick Rogers. Why is he hit far? Wise back was hitting it far when he had confidence yeah. at that point. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, in case you don't get your Chez Reavy, your Nate Lashies, but most of these guys here are bombers. So let's go to the course stats here. I, this is going to be a breeze. Like, I spent a lot of time in the last couple of tournaments because there's actually stuff in it that plays a part in how you want to handicap it. Yep. Not a whole lot to really glom upon in these stats here. So, plays about 7,300 yards. This is probably something to keep an eye on right here. The average yards of the par fours and fives is 495. That, I think, is when you do the ranks, it's actually the longest collection of par fours and fives on the PGA Tour since 2015. Really long holes. And you saw a couple, like, you know, a couple of these par yeah. fives, par fours, a couple of them are like 475, 480. Some, I think one of the par fives is like 600 yards. Some really long par fours and fives. That's something to keep in mind when you get to the proximity sets in a little bit. But scoring, though-wise, I mean, look, like, out of 85 golf courses since 2015, it's the 65th hardest from the par threes, 58th for par fours, 70th for par fives. Easy peasy, man. Very gettable. I think the average score two years ago was like 0.8 under par. Last year was one under par, which there's easier tournaments, you know, scoring average-wise than that. But you got to think about it. It's been really shitty fields. And <laughs> the worst... The worst the fields are, I mean, the worst the scores are going to be with average. So the fact these right. guys are almost about a stroke. Yeah, you got to look, look at the top of the board to see what they're doing. This is a birdie fucking fest. Essentially. So, you know, and as far as like difficulty from each area, you know, it was tough putting in 2022. I think there was a little bit of wind that year. Last year in dead calm conditions, it was yeah. 37th out of 45th as far as difficulty putting. So we're going to get dead calm conditions again this year. These guys are going to be able to putt really well in these past following greens. Uh, 86 out of 80, 87 golf courses turned with ease around the green. That is the past polum at that point. Really easy to chip out of. These bunkers aren't very challenging either. It's a lot of short grass around the green, so you can putt back up to the green as well. Uh, 64th in approach. Not very difficult approach shots. Uh, and 60th off the tee, which I guess that's really the only thing really to talk about. So the average driving... Uh, distance is about 300 yards, and you kind of you can, you showed it. You know, maybe I'll just pull up the Google Earth again. A lot of holes right in front of you. These fairways are about 40 yards wide. There's no reason not to hit driver at no. all. It's bombs away at this point. And other than like a couple water hazards where you know some tough driving holes, you kind of blast it wherever you want. It's not very penal rough. It's it, it's definitely bombs away. So that's why a guy like Cam Champ. Yeah. Some very absolutely. Elite driver. Yeah. John Rahm, Finau, like elite drivers. I mean, they're head and shoulders better than everybody else anyways, but it's, it was kind of a golf course that was catered to them. Uh, as far as miss fairway penalties, not very penal miss a fairway, especially in the rough here. 
Uh, if you go to the ranks, so last year it was 34th out of 45 as far as uh, the difference between your score and on a hole if you hit in the rough versus not. Um, <laughs> 26 out of 45 just for general miss fairway. There can be a lot of penalty strokes that get um, pile up if you hit off the tee. Obviously, there's some water, some out of bounds you got to worry about. That's really your only adversity off the tee. As long as you keep it in on, in, on grass, you're relatively fine. Um, approach play, very easy from under 150, about middle of the road from over 150. I talk about around the green, very easy conditions around the green. You know, 86 out of 87 as far as the rough, how difficult it is around the green. And putting, it was really difficult back in 2022. I think the, when there was wind, not difficult on 20 or last year. So with real, not a whole lot of winds, I think these guys are really going to putt pretty well on the golf course. So yep. So about course fit. I love using this tool. Um, it just basically tells me exactly what types of golfers are expected to do well. And you see again, kind of like last week at Riviera, guys who are long are generally the ones to target pre-tournament as far as predictive skill sets. Guy use driver a lot. There's a big fairway in order to hit. Not a whole lot of penny of missing a fairway unless you hit into a water hazard. And we talk about a lot of the guys that were towards the top. A lot of bombers did very well. Uh, drive accuracy, not very correlated to success. Got guys are inaccurate. Maybe some guys are accurate toward that showed as well. But again, like that's not something you really want to be focused on. It's mostly guys with big driving distances have an edge. Uh, slight yep. edge to guys who are pretty good putters just because, you know, I mean, past pollen can be a, a pretty good tur- uh, grass to put on. Not a lot of it's green. It's smooth, right? It. Yeah, it's fairly smooth. It's a vertical growing grass, so there's no grain to it. I like a Bermuda. Yeah. Um, you know, as far as like approach playing around the green play, it's about your PG2 or average as far as importance. You know, obviously, you always want to pr- tar- uh, target, you know, your iron play. It's very predictive to success. It's no different than any other course, though. Really, this is the only thing to keep in mind, though, that you really want to put a premium on is driving distance this week. Now, that's not to say that, like, there haven't been guys who have been good on past Palm golf courses that are short hitters. Like, yeah, I mean, most past Palm golf courses they play, other than Mayakoba, like your Puerto Rico Opens, Corrales's. They're all, you know, there's been guys who, what's up? Filled with a bunch of bums. Yeah, it's filled with a bunch of bums, eh? <laughs> but, like, Graham McDowell's one in Puerto Rico. Joel Damon in Puerto Rico. So even though it's past Palom, because usually past Palom, you want to target long hitters because the ball just doesn't roll out very far. Right. There are some guys who are past Palom aces in the field. Uh, for example, uh, Adam Long. I don't think he's in the field, but I know he's really going to pass Palom in general. Not a very big hitter. Uh, Carson Young apparently is pretty good on past Palom. He did well in Puerto Rico. He did well last year at El Cardinal. Some get, so some shorter hitters just might, you know, like this surface. So, like, if you do DFS or maybe get a d- good positional price on, you know, some of those guys, because let's say everybody's going to go for the Bombers this week. That's I'm going to be saying it. Anyone else who breaks down this golf course, they're going to be saying it. Bombers, Bombers, Bombers. They're going to be the most popular players to pick this week. If you find guys who have a good track record on pass ball, especially at Corrales and Grand Reserve, and even El Cardinal, uh, the one they played last fall uh, at Tiger's course, if you see some shorter hitters do fairly good at those places, that might be a sneaky play. 
But otherwise, though, probably the winner is going to be a guy who's really long. It just plays really to their favor, this one. And then let's look at how last year, and we can see it too with when we talk about like how guys actually separate themselves in tournament. Let me actually zoom in a little bit. This is a little small. So last week at Riviera, where it was really difficult to hit the fairway, guys couldn't really separate themselves off the tee. Like even if you look at like the stats last or at this recent tournament, like guys were not getting a lot of strokes off the tee. Most guys are hitting fairways here. High fairway hit uh, percentages, not a whole lot of difficult uh, adversity if you miss it in the rough here. Guys can really separate themselves with how well they drive, especially with all the penalty areas too. And the biggest driver of how you do off the tee this week is going to be your distance. And I've been talking about yeah. this every time I do this. While distance is more predictive to success, in tournament, the more fairways you hit, generally speaking, drive your stroke saying off the tee number. That is the inverse this week, though. It is way more important towards how you do off the tee this week with how far you hit it, now how accurate you are. And then in approach play, around the green play, putting, it's about PG2 or average as far as their importance, as far as um, how well you can separate yourself. Uh, I think this is 2022. 2023, same thing. How you do off the tee can definitely separate yourself more this week than what is on the you know, you usually you do it in a tournament and it's driven by distance. Everything else is kind of the same. So if you're going to put a premium on something and your models definitely want to weigh distance a little more and your pro shot distribution chart, really long approach shots. So I think just eyeballing this looks like about 34% of your shots are under 175. So about 66% of your shots are over 175. Again, we just said that there was a lot of really long par fours and fives. The longest of any golf course in the PGA Tour since played since 2015. Long par fives, long par fours. It's really good. Really, all you know, focusing on approach play from over 175 is going to be very important this week. You know, I mean, you look. I mean, obviously, Finau and Rom are just better than everybody else. But one of the reasons why they were able to separate themselves a lot more. Than everybody else is because they're just premium players with their long irons. Yeah, they're, so. they're they're the fucking studs of the field. Well, you also look at like Cam Champ too. Like he sucks with his wedges, but he yeah, hits but long he's still better pretty- than the bums he was playing against. Well, what? I, well, I don't know. Cam Champ is kind of a bum, but when you put him in a golf course where distance is valued and long irons are valued, kind of like Augusta National, you get a Cam Champ golf course. So that's just kind of what happens here, but that's really it. There's not really a whole lot of strategy to this place. Obviously I, you know, I spent a lot more time on Riviera trying to hype you guys up about the golf course. I'm not even going to try and do it about this place. Just it's going to be about how you drive it. Longer hitters are going to be really popular this week. You're going to, you know, and then it's going to come down to how well you hit your long irons. And if you can put on pest pollen, that's it. Okay. That's All right. you. That's it. All right. So we got Matt on Monday doing the DFS show. Uh, me and you will be back on Tuesday. Do yep, no guests this time. Nope. Do we have a guest last week? No, oh, we yeah, don't. We had, Joe. we had we had Joe last week. Okay. Yeah. yeah. No guests this time. Yeah, we, we don't bring on guests for uh, the shit tournaments. We we like going down the odds board and you know doing our shtick, just the two of us. Correct. Correct. Yeah, that's exactly. Because then we'd be then we'd be the silly gooses. Yeah, we'd be silly gooses at this yeah. point instead of just you know, trying to worry about, you know, including well, them, asking questions. 
Yeah, but it depends on which guess we bring. I say ninety percent of our guests we can silly goose with. <laughs> That's probably true. Yeah, so. maybe eighty, eighty percent. Either way, yeah. So this is so I'll I'll be on Andy's show tomorrow night, um, and okay. he brings me on for these silly goose uh, uh, tournaments because we will just talk about anything other than the fucking golf course. Um, so I'll be on that, and then we'll be back on Tuesday, so I can uh, explain to you why single bulleting uh, Tony, other than anybody who's eighty to one or longer is a good strategy okay and then there steve can try to talk me into patrick rogers probably yeah <laughs> Tw- 22 to 1 patrick rogers i don't even know if i can do that. hey man listen this is we we've already said this is a new golf world and this is the way we just have to live this is the way it is no pun intended uh-huh. um, that's true i mean I, all right so just i mean i guess just initial lean just looking at who's in the field taylor rogers. pendrith patrick rogers keith mitchell's been playing a little better lately Oh, is he in the field? Long ways. I missed that. He is in the field, and he—I think he's got a second place finish in Puerto Rico. No, Cam. No fucking Carson. Cam. No. No. Cam, you missed it. I actually, I I actually, I I point out example of a shorter hitter with success on pass palm. Those might be sneaky plays. He's not going to win, but that might be sneaky plays in DFS or maybe get a decent price in positional because some of these shorter hitters do well on pass palm. I'm asking Sean and Ryan for a fucking shot collar so I can send him. So I'm going to send you a shot collar and we get to control it. And anytime you bring up Cass and Young, I get to hit the fucking button. I was watching, uh, I was watching Love is Blind. Have you all ever watched that show? No. no, of course not. Why the fuck would I watch that show? Yeah, don't watch it. I'm so sorry. I missed, I missed the Carson talk, but Carson is playing great golf. He played really great golf. In his last start, he's gonna he's gonna at least finish top twenty. He played really good golf in his last start in Phoenix. Mm. Yeah, he did. Are you talking about because he birdied? Why are we watching Love Is Blind? Let's get to the real important thing. Carson Young, why the fuck, dude? He finished forty first. Yeah, he played he played well. He would not have cashed (laughs) anything. Not cashing positional. Not cashing anything at that point. All right. All right. All right, love is blind. I need you to explain to me why you watch this garbage. Um, no, 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 we don't. This has been an no. hour. We, we, yes, yeah. I do. I do. I'll, I'll explain off what garbage. Okay. It's more fun to make him explain on air. Um, it's uh, it's it's just like the Bachelor, the Bachelorette. Like you just watch it and you just turn. Not your helping yourself. Yeah. I bet I bet your daughter's so watching. My daughters absolutely do not watch Love Is Blind. Uh, they watch. They watch one. They watch one of them. But you watch The Bachelor and Bachelorette as well. No, no, I don't. Oh, you my just wife said it's like The Bachelor and Bachelorette. The one would no. My, my wife was watching it, and I was playing Fortnite, and so I'm like, I'm ta- I'm watching it too. So now Can't Fortnite's something I never understood. The appeal. So I play Fortnite with my daughter. I play Fortnite with all I, three of my daughters. It's fun. I I, I don't get it. I don't get why people. So I just play. don't like the building part of Fortnite. It pisses no, you me can, off. You don't have to play. I know. I know. Now they have it. We, we can just do it. When we don't build. And that's my favorite one because I can run around all, shoot right, people yeah. all day. I grew up playing third person shooters. The, the two people still watching this, by the way, thank you. Thank you for putting up with this. <laughs> oh, no, man, this Fortnite and love is blind discussion. I, we, you you yeah. guys are the true fans. <laughs> that's right. All right we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll click clicked off on the uh, on the audio version. Fortnite is fun to play with your kids, man. It's not too. It's, 
not like bloody, but you still get the kill. It's like, so I play Call of Duty with my two older ones because that's pretty gruesome. I'm not playing that with my fucking 10 year old. No, my 10 year old likes to play Fortnite. That's what I grew up on too. Um, But Fortnite's fun and it's like you said, it's like not like super gory and it's more like animated. Um, My son just sits on my lap and every time I like get a kill or like he just goes, oh, (laughs) nice. I love it. He's only two. So. Yeah, man, that's good shit. Those are good times, man. Hold on to that. All right, let's wrap up the show. All right, let's wrap it up. All right, Cam will be here uh, popping in, talking about his uh, latest um, Kardashian, and uh, what's the other one? The uh, the one I really have no clue about. Uh, this Vanderpump something or other. Like Cam can come in and give us the Vanderpump and Kardashian updates on a weekly basis. Seeing how I, I, I think I'd rather hear him and maybe on Tuesday talk about the Justin Fields rumors with the Steelers. Ooh. We're gonna have a lot of stuff We'd to probably fill uh, in that hour, so maybe we can. Uh, That's true. Come on for that. That's true. Okay. That's true. All right. That's true. All right. Well, listen. Uh, I'll be on any show Monday. Me, Steve, and uh, our TMZ reporter Cameron will be back on fucking uh, on Tuesday as well uh, to fill you guys in on what's happening with the Kardashians, and uh, we can take it from there. Other than that, listen to Matt on Monday. See you fuckers on Tuesday. Bye.